Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Refill, a part of the 52 and 52 Network. I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. Uh, so today we're going to be doing something called The Refill. It's a new sort of episode type we're doing. Josh and I have been talking about it. Um, you want to give the viewers a little bit of insight on, on how we got to this, Josh? Yeah, we decided that we see so many movies, and there are ones that we just don't have the time to do a full podcast on, but we still have something to say on, and we always end up kind of texting about it or talking about it a little bit anyway, and we figured why not do this as a shorter version of our podcast that we normally have that we can drop in the middle of the week so we can be putting out a few more episodes for you guys so it's not just one every eight days when we can do when we have the time to do like one of these 40 minute episodes or something like that so we can hopefully touch on movies or maybe other things going on that in an episode that's maybe 10 to 15 minutes long as opposed to 30 to 40 minutes long yeah and and we're we're pretty excited about it we've we always see lots of movies and some we just don't even mention just because we don't really know how to how to put that content out, whether in blog form or audio form, and so we're or we just have absolutely nothing yeah, to say about it. Yeah, we have What I don't know what movie you're talking about. Um, so yeah, so this is what we're gonna do today. We're gonna be talking about Eye in the Sky, a new movie from director Gavin Hood, starring Helen Mirren, Aaron Paul, Alan Rickman, and a couple other Late people. Late Alan Rickman in his last on-screen role. Yeah. Um, so this movie is basically. I guess it's just commentary really more than anything about drones and how drones are affect, I guess, military now and how that affects in, in bureaucracy. Yeah. in bureaucracy and how that affects decision-making in the process and who gets to make those decisions and, and especially who wants to make those decisions. That's a big part of this movie is the people, the secretary of state of uh, in England or in the United States, et cetera, you know, they're, they're, they get asked, hey, can we do this? And they're like, well, you know, ask someone else. I don't want to make that decision. Ask someone above me. That's too high for my pay grade kind of thing. But so this movie, uh, I don't know. Where do you want to start about it, Josh? Well, there's, there's not a lot to the setup other than it's really about one drone strike. And mm-hmm. it's a lot goes into it because it's uh, on a target that the British military has been surveilling, but they're working in conjunction with the United States, who's actually, one, controlling the drone, and two, Providing the in a out of Nevada, they have mm-hmm. someone controlling the drone, and then in the Hawaii, they have someone that's running all the different identifications based on the surveillance footage that the British are getting, and then they have someone on the ground played by uh, Bartad Akdi. Am I messing his name up? Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not the, really quite sure how guy, to say it. The, the, another the guy from Captain Phillips, who the pirate from Captain Phillips, and he's kind of the on the ground man there in the fictional country of. Uh, is, is it, it's not Nairobi, Kenya. It's like a fake country, I think. Uh, it is in Kenya Nairobi? somewhere. Okay. I'm not sure what city I think city it might actually be Nairobi then. I think it is Nairobi. Okay, gotcha. I didn't have yeah. to, I heard somewhere else they did a fake one, but oh, it is Kenya. But um, That was in Batman vs. Superman. They did oh, a fake. Oh, they did the fake one there. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting that confused. So, yep. yeah, it, was, it, it sounded something like really yeah. similar to that in Batman yeah. v Superman. This is a far superior movie, by the way, if we didn't make that clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the... Uh, and it's all these people working together and just based on what the collateral damage might be if they actually do this drone strike because they um, they surveil – based on their surveillance, they end up with a lot more targets than they realize that are in this one house in this one Kenyan city. And they see that they, they're going to recruit a couple of different people. One of them is an American citizen and another a British citizen to go be suicide bombers. Yeah. And it's a matter of should they take out this house – and risked um, collateral damage around the house 
when or try and capture them risk trying to capture them somewhere else when they're outside and they might get the suicide vest to a more crowded area and everything that kind of goes from there yeah so there's i guess uh, as josh said the tension is really that or the way it's connected is that there's an american citizen and two british citizens and they've all been converted to this new terrorist organization and so Helen Mirren plays the British captain or colonel, I suppose, who's in, like in control of the of the mission, in charge of the mission, and this whole thing takes takes place over what maybe four or five hours, if that. Um, so it's pretty interesting they can make a an hour and forty minute movie that really only takes place in in four hours, and and they had a lot of set pieces actually that were really good. Um, you mentioned the guy from Captain Phillips; he was really, 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 really good in this, and I, and he played like a local Somalian guy or. And trader, trader, T R A D E R, um, <laughs> and he had to sort of just be the guy on the ground that had to kind of risk his life for everything. And you got these three military forces working together with America, Kenyan, and England. And I don't know, I, I really hated the trailer for this movie. And and Josh was like, "Hey, this movie has really good reviews." And I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if I want to see it, but I'm glad I did because I think so far this is the third best movie that we've seen this year." behind Cloverfield and Deadpool in whichever order we, you want to put them, one and two. So, yeah, um, the the thing that's really nice about this movie is there's a lot of tension, like, throughout, and it's it's never forced tension, and it's very subtle, but it, it works, really. I would say maybe 70% of the movie, you're sort of just waiting for something to happen and, and what the next scene is going to be and what the next decision is going to be, and I really like that part of it. Yeah, and I liked seeing all the specifics about what goes into a drone strike because mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost reduced to a buzzword in the media these days sometimes. If you're watching political coverage, someone will flippantly say, oh, Barack Obama's authorized X amount of drone strikes. And you don't really think about it beyond that. They just say, like, oh, see, he's, he's kind of reckless in some regard with the military. Drone strikes, drone strikes, drone strikes. And you just hear that term, but you don't actually know what all goes into that. And you get to see the nitty-gritty of everything that happens from the surveillance to, that they use. And I don't know how realistic, I mean, there are these really interesting surveillance tools that they have that look like animals that they can use to get into buildings and identify the terrorists. And maybe they do do stuff like that, but it might not be, maybe it's not quite as advanced, but I'm sure they have to do some kind of reconnaissance of that nature in order to even authorize a drone strike in the first place. So seeing everything it takes just to get to the point where they think, oh, this is going to be a drone strike as opposed to just capturing someone Mm -hmm. and then everything that kind of goes from that point on um i i enjoyed it because like just in wondering if these people are going to see their surveillance camera that's floating around looking like a fly like there's a lot of tension just in that with the way they shoot those scenes and you don't know they're just going to look up and see it and you're like holding your breath like is this going to compromise the entire thing and you're thinking that despite the fact that you know there's like another hour left in the movie and which just shows how well done it is that despite that you're still you're still kind of on the edge of your seat, even though you know that they're not going to cut off their mission at the knees right there. It still works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I would say that they really, us being in law school, they kind of made sure to bring in the legal aspects and the military aspects and the political aspects of what goes into authorizing this decision and how far they can authorize, um, I, I guess – a mission and, and how much collateral damage they can authorize percentage wise. Then they have like a blast radius for whatever missile they're using 
And just seeing how that all works was was pretty interesting. And having the colonel having to call legal and then having to call someone else in Britain and then having to call the Secretary of State of the United States, et cetera, et cetera. And having to call the foreign minister, Britain, yeah. a.k.a. Sir Jorah from Yeah, Jorah Mormont, shout out. No more Green Plague or whatever you have, bro. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I thought was really like kind of disheartening, even though it wasn't the most that wasn't most the most intense part of the movie was to see how detached these different bureaucrats are and how they just don't want to shoulder any blame and they in some instances if things really do happen like that they probably compromise missions by trying to pass th- things off by one too many and that probably in a, in a non-movie in an actual real life thing, setting this might actually it might be problematic in a way I never really considered before because no one wants to be responsible for authorizing the drone strike that might inadvertently kill an innocent civilian let alone a innocent young girl yeah uh, which is kind of what's in question for a large part of this movie I, my friend nick saw this and was he, he thought that maybe they spent a little too much time on that stuff maybe and they could have delved just a little bit more into um what it what the implications of actually taking the action or not taking the action were and they spent too much time with those people and he thought maybe you could have cut out one of those people and that in in reality maybe you're not going to that many people to authorize to get to do analysis of collateral damage of one drone strike and i'm not i, I really don't know how the military works but do you think there's do you think that time was t- all of that time was time well spent cuz they i mean they did spend a lot of time there which i thought was the point they were getting at but i can see how maybe maybe you want to maybe you want a lot a little bit of that time to something else i don't know i don't know i actually i mean i thought the pace was really good and mm-hmm. i think that everything about it was to the point and subtle, subtle enough that it wasn't in your face. And, and I like the way that they went about the decision process. We had a discussion um, off the mic about how they sort of had these like weird scenes or moments that almost would you wouldn't think would fit in, in the movie because they were sort of like, there's one scene where the Secretary of State in the middle of this drone strike is playing ping pong in, I think, Beijing um, with some like Chinese national ping pong players. And he has to answer a call then about a drone strike and it's just a nice little juxtaposition of that and and just seeing how even though like all these colonels and these people can have this serious emotional day going on and this guy still has to do his job and maybe his job that day is you know playing ping pong in china to make relations good or whatever well, and, and and you have alan rickman having to deal with buying a doll for one of his yeah, kids birthdays yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah it's it kind of shows you the just how these people have lives too but they just within a span of five hours they might First, they'd be thinking about a doll like that and then dealing with some kind of international crisis for a few hours, and then you're back to the mundanity of that kind of thing. Yeah, and and going back to what you said maybe two minutes ago about the detachment of the bureaucrats from all this, they actually had Alan Rickman's character sort of comment on that, even even though it was sort of a small scene, I guess, where the the other British lady in the room with him was questioning his... I, I don't not motives, but sort of just the decision he wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Have you ever been to war?" And she was like, "No." And he's like, "Well, then don't comment on it then, because I have." But she and but she does have good points at the same time. Sure, and sure. Like, but I like how the movie doesn't necessarily take a, a firm stance on yeah. who was right or who was wrong. You really feel both sides of that argument, mm-hmm. and you see both sides. And her delivery was kind of annoying, as we both kind of agreed. But you yeah. couldn't totally dismiss her at the same time because yeah. maybe there was a way they could have gone about this whole entire thing better. Yeah, and I think it's partly because we're just watching the movie right and so for me i was just sitting there like i just kill the terrorist dudes like whatever you know if you got to kill one or two people it happens but i I mean i'm not i'm not in that room and that's not my job and then watching the movie sort of 
get a little more attached and that's sort of why they have all these scenes back on the ground in in Kenya with the with the little girl and her family sort of so you have that connection and understand what they're what they're doing with that okay and, and I know that you uh, didn't totally the, Aaron Paul plays one of the guys that's actually shooting the drones off oh, yeah you, you didn't love him and his partner I I, I thought yeah. he was fine but I agree that his partner you could tell she was like the least the most the least experienced actor in the whole cast probably uh, were there any other issues that really stood out for you with the movie no Cause it I, seems like we're both pretty positive on yeah, it. that's the yeah. one thing that bothered you I just thought that stuff was underwritten and overacted personally and uh, I don't know what I would have done to change it but I didn't really love that part, but otherwise it was a really good story and it was really well paced and I definitely recommend seeing it if if you, in this light season right now, we got a couple of light weeks of movies, so... I would recommend seeing this one. Just a different kind of war movie. And if the one thing that scared me about the trailer, if you guys have seen the trailer, because it wasn't a great trailer, Helen Mirren just looks kind of weird in the trailer because she, she's usually playing like these these really like high-class British women, and now <laughs> she's just like a, a military general, and I was worried I wouldn't be able to take her seriously. And I probably might have been still might have been better with an unknown actress there, but she's still pretty good, and which is the one thing I was worried about going in, and she does a really good job, as does most of the cast. I enjoyed Aaron Paul more than Anthony. It's, I mean, and um, all the people that were, all these bureaucrats we keep mentioning were pretty good. And I thought uh, Barkbot Akti, sorry if I'm messing up your name, really was also the standout. And I really liked seeing a different side of him because we hadn't really seen him in anything since Captain Phillips. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you. This has been the inaugural episode of The Refill, part of the 52 and 52 Network. We'll see you guys next time.